is the Async Podcast. My name is Arneet Singh. I am your host. Uh, part four of my conversation with Shermin Yang and Andrew Sargan. If you've been following along, uh, you've been following for a reason because you're having as much fun listening to us as we had talking about stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I speak for Andrew and Shermin when I say thank you to everybody who has been following along because it really is such a joy to be able to feel like you're a part of something during this whole thing. I've said it before and I will continue to say it as long as it remains true. It's so important to feel connected with people and and there's no better way to do it than just to, you know, get on a call and just riff with people. Without further ado, part four of my conversation with Andrew and Sherman. I'm fine to be on however long, like I'm fine to go until seven if we want to call it or whenever we call it. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I am, I am just, so I think, fun. enjoying conversation with human beings that I can see, even if it's through the power <laughs> of the internet. Well, I have wanted to be on a podcast for a very long time because I've listened to a lot of podcasts and like, I think I would be good at being on a podcast, but the last, well, the last time I was not brave enough to do one by myself. <laughs> the, last, the last time I was put on a podcast, my most favorite moment was when I absolutely called out the very idea of Harry Potter as being inherently racist and my host was like wait what and i'm like think about it you're telling me bloodlines of white people in britain exclusively control magic and control the world okay but number think one it's not, that. it's not britain though it's not britain there is a worldwide magical community yes but they yeah. never talk about them and it's they never did. like significant but they did in the fourth book he's a he's a 17 year old teenager how much did you travel at 17 that's fair. Also, though, the, the people like, who okay, control- People unironically at RHS told me at, like, at 16 years old, oh, you know, the whole world speaks English. I'm like, no, it doesn't. No, it no. doesn't. <laughs> well, also, also, on the other thing of Harry Potter being weird, hey, have you ever looked at how the people who control all the money are portrayed? Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. You ever think about that as a caricature? Because it's weird. Well, I'm sorry. I will, I, will, I will take this one step up. I think Lord of the Rings is super classist. That's, that's valid. That's also valid. I am also, uh, Star Wars is also dead to me after Rise of Skywalker, though, so. I, you know what? I went through the entire, uh, the, I went through. The, like, I, bargaining. I started like, it from, can't be that bad. Well, no, I started from, I did the whole rewatch. I started from episode yeah. one. And I like Why? three days, dude. It okay. Just hang on for a second, all right? Because we will have a combo. Very attractive. I will. I will die on that hill. Hey, so, I'm saying. I'm saying. There's reasons to like it. But um. But so I started episode one. I made it all the way through to episode eight to Last Jedi, which I personally think is the best Star Wars movie ever made. Thank you. Don't at me. Um. I love and, and I, I'm I'm really I'm I'm like on the pot. I'm not gonna shit and get up and watch Rise of Skywalker. I can't do it. I you know what I did instead? I went to Pirates of the Caribbean. I started watching that instead. I'm putting off Rise of Skywalker as long as I can until I I'm sitting on my couch like I have nothing else to watch. Rise of Skywalker. I'm a, I'm a diehard EU fan, so I just refuse to watch the new movies. That's valid. I can actually totally diehard, understand that argument. Diehard EU fan, Luke Mar, Jade Shipper, I refuse to watch those movies. <laughs> Ooh, going with the classics. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm over here. I will say this on my on my Star Wars nerd cred. My favorite character is Kreia from Old Republic Two. So. Ooh. I, I got I got my absolute nerd cred off of that alone. But no, yeah, the new ones are a remake, a phenomenal movie, and one of the things that fundamentally ruined a series for yeah. me, potentially as bad as the Game of Thrones finale. So, Here's the problem with like being yeah. an EU fan. I know that, does anyone hear about spoilers? Oh, I guess you care about spoilers. Spoiler alert! Well, okay. Arnie probably does. I've seen it. Do you? Do, okay, Arnie. I've seen everything. I've seen everything. Spoiler if I said that Ray and Kylo have like something going on. No, I've, I've seen Rise of Skywalker. I'm, oh. I was just talking about rewatch. 
Oh, it's weird yeah, oh, to, to see those two characters have like some kind of romantic thing going on because you know that Rey is based on Gina Solo and Kylo's based on Jason Solo, and I'm like they're twins in the in the expanded universe. <laughs> Like giving each other sex size. You guys are based on twins. Where I mean, where the sequel trilogy failed was a lack of a cohesive through line, right? They bring in JJ uh, Abrams, who apparently is out of ideas and decides to do a New Hope revitalize in The Force Awakens. Yeah. And then they bring in maybe the most creative filmmaker of our generation, Ryan Johnson, to do The Last Jedi, and hits it out of the park. I don't care what any stands say. The way that he attacked those themes of anybody can be a hero and let's let's just acknowledge the past but move on. That kind of thing. Incredible. But then Rise of Skywalker, they lose Colin Trevorrow or rather they kicked him out on his hind. And another another creative filmmaker that I think would have done a really good job with episode 9 brought back JJ Abrams who again does not seem to have any more ideas he's got nothing left in the gas yeah, and, and i also chalk this up to disney wanting to please everybody at the same time because of the vitriol that last jedi got hey you want to hear how i can turn hating rise of skywalker into a socialist rant because i please, can please. <laughs> that's why i brought you on well the problem the problem is that like when you have corporate entities controlling art how did you think that was going to produce anything oh, decent okay. as someone who has like worked on financing deals with like with oh yeah that's exactly what happens. You're, you're right. Like, that's not a theory. That's exactly what happens. No. You have, you have corporate entities who finance movies, with, and part of the deal is that they get artistic input. Yep. And this is exactly what happens. That's why and, if you guys have ever seen a movie that seems like it was made by a committee of corporate people, it probably was. Yep. And this is, this is a big thing where it's like, turns out when you hand something that's so individually, don't get me wrong, I have my gripes with George Lucas because everybody does. And they're all probably very valid. But there is something to be said about George Lucas being the singular vision behind the original trilogy. Like, don't get me wrong, there were other people involved, obviously, Lawrence Kasdan, um, a producer I can't think of who's considered the grandfather of Star Wars who got shoved out during Return of the Jedi. Cannot remember his name right now. Brilliant cool. filmmaker, amazing producer. All three of the lead stars loved him. And he had a far darker ending to Return of the Jedi that was supposed to end with, I believe, Han dead. Yes, there was other stuff. Wow. But it was going to lead into the sequel trilogy with Han already gone and Leia by herself trying to forge a new Republic and failing. Because Gary, one, Gary Kurtz? Yes, Gary Kurtz, because it was supposed to be Leia attempting to forge the New Republic by herself, and one person does not a government make. Luke was supposed to leave, Han was supposed to die, and Lu Lucas, being Lucas, wanted to make toys and realized that he didn't want to make money off of the backs of his dead characters and that he couldn't, so he changed it. Then we got the prequels. Then Disney got handed it, and Disney being Disney, Disneyed all over it. Shocker. They wanted to make a thing that was palatable to everybody because that's their job, and that's where I can only harp on them so much because, as Sherman and I said earlier, corporations are amoral. They don't care. They just want to make the most money they can, and if that means they make an objectively bad film that still makes the money hand over fist, they'll do it. Yeah. yeah. No, go ahead, Sherman. Prequels for me is really wanted to like the prequels because like fundamentally I like Greek tragedy and I like old Republic yes. things more than I like spaghetti westerns. Absolutely. Yes. I felt like the prequels had potential and they, they laid down some themes that were really interesting. They built a world that was really interesting. Lucas just couldn't write it. He just no. couldn't, deliver, couldn't deliver on those the, themes well enough. No. The things that failed the prequels were wooden dialogue, right? Yep. Um, an over-reliance on CGI, which yep. Lucas is renowned for patenting like just hundreds of new developments of technology for film. Yep. Um, and casting choices. Do you know, okay, 
half-ass internet research borrowed from the Ringer and the Rewatchables podcast. Sure. Just a couple of the names that he was considering for Anakin before he landed on Hayden Christensen. Can you give him to me? I'm excited. Okay. Is it DiCaprio? Is it DiCaprio? No. So the I would have watched DiCaprio. Actually, actually, yeah. Actually, yeah. That is. Oh, seriously? It is one of them. Yeah, I want to. I want to pull up the list real quick. I wish. Yeah. I wish I knew that we were going to talk about this, but um, it's under. You should the have prepared a Star Wars bit. Come on, I, what are you I doing? Didn't. Well, okay. Next time I will be more prepared for nerd corner. Okay, I promise. <laughs> but, you hold us onto this show. What did you expect? You need to. You need to stay in your lane. <laughs> Let me my lane my being yelling about socialism. I guess so. Okay, here's the other one though that I would have absolutely loved to see. Are you ready for this? Because I don't know if you're ready for this. Sure, hit me. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger for Anakin Skywalker. Heath Ledger was being. Oh. He was. He auditioned. He auditioned. Oh, and I would have watched that. Heath watched Ledger as Anakin Skywalker Crap. with that level of darkness. Would have watched that. That could have been like, good. That would he would have been cast before we knew what he was capable of. Obviously, with the Joker. Yeah. But well, even like, Henry, I hate about you. He made that movie good. I don't yeah, know not, like teen flicks, but like that character had some like I don't know. He had some kind of depth to him that most teen movie romance leads don't have. Okay. Now you know what sold. I would have watched that. I have it pulled up. I have it pulled up. All right, you okay. ready? Here are the big ones. Sure. Ryan Philippe, Paul Walker, Colin Hanks. Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, James Vanderbeek, Joshua Jackson, James Vanderbeek, Leo DiCaprio, uh-huh, and Jonathan Brandis. And in the end, Hayden Christensen got the part primarily because Lucas thought he and Natalie Portman looked good together. Hollywood, everybody. Oh boy. Uh, well, he does look good. Even though their actual chemistry was the equivalent of two pieces of wood being nailed to the same thing next to each other. Was it their chemistry or was it the lines they were giving? It was both. I would argue their chemistry chemistry was worse than Jolie and Pitt or Jolie and Depp in The Tourist. That's true. But could you see Heath Ledger saying, I like, I I was, I hate sand? No, he wouldn't. wouldn't No, because he wouldn't have said it. (laughs) I imagine he would have screamed at Lucas until it got off of the script. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know what, if DiCaprio had been cast, then he would have had more say-so with Lucas and more That's the difference. I think mean, Hayden Christian was such an unknown that he just got the script and read it. Right. right. And DiCaprio let... after Titanic. What is this? What is this garbage? Well, I, was... I mean, that's part of what made Obi-Wan Kenobi at least more memorable, even if not a yeah. good character, because Ewan McGregor at that point was famous enough to get some level of re- leverage out of Lucas, where it's like, no, I'm not saying that. What's wrong with you? But Hayden Christensen, being the unknown that he was, probably ran into that problem constantly where he's like, I can't correct him. Yeah, yeah. And again, like being a part of something that was so big budget and so like loved by legions of fans. And Lucas gets all the credit in the world for creating this incredible universe of of characters, of ideas, of stories, of just everything. His execution as a filmmaker is not great and that is something that has continued to hamper the storylines treading all the way not just through the sequel or the prequel trilogy but also in the original trilogy because frankly speaking his effect on return of the jedi is what makes empire strikes back the pinnacle of that entire trilogy it was a movie that was not directed by him was not written by him but was only the story was only created by him and he was the producer he obviously had a say so but he didn't, I mean, he didn't control the artistic 
part of curiosity, it. have either of you, while bored, ever read any of the original drafts of Star Wars? Because they're bad. They're really they bad. You what? can find them if you try hard enough. There is original writing about how, like, C-3PO was supposed to be, like, a scummy used car salesman. Luke was supposed to be, like, a half-robot man. Like, it's... Don't get me wrong. Lucas... I think Lucas is a fine idea guy, but needs a really good editor who can just some... put up with him. Yeah, so I thought there was something where Luke and Leia were actually supposed to end up together, and then he was supposed to have a sister, and they were going to find the sister. But then they they cast Harrison Ford, and like Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford had yeah. just like incredible chemistry. Yeah, way more than she had with Mark Hamill. And they're like, okay, we have to put those two together now. Oh yeah, we're leading guys, so they made them like siblings. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good. We all forget that made it better. Yeah. The ultimate tragedy of Star Wars is that the tragedy was done tragically. I mean, ultimately, those that's a it's a it's that's a, a sentence in English. God, I, I know this language sometimes. <laughs> you teach it tragically. The true tragedy of Star Wars is that the tragedy was tragic. God, Tra- <laughs> done. Tragic. It was told tragically. I can't even say it without messing it up. (laughs) Like, because the thing is, we all, like, I I mean, I was too young to really invest myself in Star Wars when The Phantom Menace came out, right? But I knew about it. And when I got to the age, like, a couple of years after Phantom Menace came out. We played Star Wars. Like, we played Imagineers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was in my repertoire, too. That was the neighborhood staple. That and playing Super Mario Brothers. Oh, God. No, like, Arnie and I, I would make him, like, follow me. I would, like, take water guns, and I would totally try to do the Naboo Alice scene. Oh, that's adorable. I love it. Yeah, she has the blaster. She, like, takes her throne back. She does. Like, reenacted that scene. My yeah. first film memory is going to see the original New Hope special edition at the Bell Bottega Theater. Like that's it. Bell Bottega. Uh, like when I was when I was like four or whatever when the special edition got re-released. Like I remember that. Like I remember that opening scene of like Vader hacking through the first door and like tearing apart. Like I that's in my brain somewhere. That's yeah. what made me enjoy Star Wars so much, and it's been this like pitiful slow fall from grace of like oh don't make me hate the things that i loved it (laughs) it really is it's junk tv at this point because you have to suspend a lot of narrative confidence i guess and i can only imagine how frustrated sherman's gotta feel as an eu person being like what is this garbage (laughs) why didn't you just make the thron trilogy it was so good or like yeah. Why didn't? Why did you do this to the Force? Why is it this way now? Why is it all about the Skywalkers and the Palpatines? Yeah. Who wrote this garbage? And for this me, it's is... also like I like stories of government, so it's like they built the New Republic. There was a New Republic, and then like they had to patch it together. Why did you just do this plot where thirty years after they celebrated on Endor, there's no point? We just went back to where we were. Yeah. Why well, I was also I was that? also watching a video earlier that was analyzing the entirety of the trilogy, but there was a really good point in it where, like, the more you see about certain aspects of Star Wars, the more you realize how awful everyone is. Like, Darth Vader's redemption is entirely ruined by Revenge of the Sith, where you see him murder children. Of like, mm-hmm. well, is this guy actually redeemable? Because I'm pretty sure that's a huge wall in my redeemable person. Oh, it's okay though, because he saved his son. 
ultimately. Where it's like, but, but wait, what about all those children he killed? There's like a how it should have ended where he's like a good force ghost and then all the kids pop up and they're like, you murdered us. Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is awkward. Why did you get a good force ghost? Or like we the need fact that Ky- full retribution. Or the fact that like Kylo Ren like dies at the end of Rise of Skywalker where it's like, yeah, because he would have seen a military tribunal otherwise. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? That man would have been in front of a firing he's squad. He's a war criminal. They're all he's war criminals. He's a war criminal. Yeah. So uh, for people who don't know, I came to LA to be a screenwriter. How'd that so, go for you? Oh, great. <laughs> Sorry, that I have, was no, massively dickish. You know what, honestly though, honestly though, I've had my hand in helping to write some short films. So okay. it has been, I've been getting into some, some and circles. Which is- Ar- Arneet, I will, also, I will also throw this out there. I criticize because that was literally going to be what I did in college before I did not get the courage to do that exact same thing. So good on you, buddy. Right. <laughs> I'm no, I genuinely like thank you for living the dream of two of us. I'm doing. I it, did man. not have the courage to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think I realized in college I was a really good English major analytically, but like I was not a creative writer. Like I could not write for shit. It, it happens, is, man. It's Don't a worry hard about thing. It. Essays, I can like analyze and write reviews and talk about things. Cannot create my own content. See, uh, no, so I totally the reason that, that I wanted to be a screenwriter, though, and ultimately I want to be a director is because I, like, you probably have this all the time. You see something out in the world or you see, like, a piece of IP that you feel like you could do better and immediately the gears in your brain. I walked yeah. out of Rise of Skywalker. And I have, like, no ability to execute the gears, so they just spin in my brain. No, yeah. I walked out of Rise of Skywalker with that exact thought of, like, non-critically and not really angrily, but just, like, I can fix this. Yeah, because this you're already be thinking of lines in your head this. that are, like, this would have been so much more effective. This would have been the same amount of runtime. To be fair, and I want to, while I have you guys, I had this idea years ago of like, if Lucas had just written the prequels, like the Old Republic series, and you just sub in Revan and Malik's position for Obi-Wan and Anakin, you would have gotten a better story. I think, I think now Knights of the Old Republic should be the next thing. If that's not what Ryan Johnson is working right now, it really should be. But Arnie, they're doing the High Republic now and they're reinterpreting all of it. Did you not know this? No. I, Did like neither I said, of you I know did, this? No. I, I, Star Wars is dead to me. I just don't follow it. Sorry. <laughs> Disney took it over. I don't care. I just have my EU. Still That's totally over. valid. They can't take that away from you. Can't Hang on. No, like, I swear to God, I'm, I'm not going crazy. That's a thing. Disney's Let not me. powerful enough yet to knock on people's stores and like, contra- like confiscate those materials. No, yeah. no uh, Star Wars The High Republic, initially promoted as Project Luminous, is a subseries of the Star Wars media franchise set during the High Republic sub-era of the Age of Republic, set 200 years before the events of, Sky- of the Skywalker Saga and 800 years after the fall of the Old Republic. Oh, okay. So They're it's rewriting not, it. It's yeah. not... Wait, so wait. When did... Revan... I thought he was 2,000 years before the fall of the Republic. Who cares? It's a fantasy film. <laughs> well, the reason I bring it up is because I'm like, that's why I was saying I'm a screener. I, like I've been thinking about how would I write the next, like, cause no, there's so-, so, there's so many swaths of time that haven't been covered that I, mean, I would love to write. The time periods go from the, what is it? The great hyperspace war with Naga Sadao all the way up to, what was it? Sherman, you could probably correct me on this. It's the, oh God, there's the Sith warrior with like bio armor. I can't remember his name. He was like in an IDW. That's all before the Jedi Civil War. Who cares? It's I care. She's she's right. I I after Rise of Skywalker, the series just dead to me, man. Like, and that hurts to be like this thing that was so important to my childhood is now just being shoved in a box and forgotten about. But like, it is. I don't I don't care anymore. 
You guys are kind of glistening over here right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. You're sweating I, I over there, buddy. I don't watch The Mandalorian. I don't watch. No. Okay. I will oh. finish Clone Wars. I did finish Clone Wars. I, Clone I, Wars, I, the ending of Clone really Wars. Good. Holy shit. Like, Siege of Mandalore was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And that's wow. not an overstatement. Bold claim. <laughs> no, and that's, that's considering Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra and all the other animated series sure, that sure. are considered the greatest. But you have to see that particular episode i never actually finished legend of korra <sighs> i should do that i what got time it's quarantine what season huh? did you get up to i only finished uh, season one i i'm actually in the minority i liked season one dude okay once you see, cool. see, once you see season three okay sure. once you see uh zaheer zaheer is maybe the greatest and most complicated and also most sympathetic villain sure in the entire like in animated series in general i like he was so compelling it's right. one of those things where like it's a villain who comes on and you're like oh yeah no i do see your point you're deadly as fuck but i see your point to be fair i also got amon's point too of like but what if the benders are the ones killing all of us we'll take, I'm like wait a minute right that's not a valid that's not an invalid point what if take, they are all killing take us? that populist mentality and multiply yep. it by 10 in terms of intensity and correctness to be fair my to be fair my uh, my subtle my <laughs> my enjoyment of subtle storytelling is kind of all over the place i like i flicker in quarantine between watching criterion collection films and watching tons of pro wrestling so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two things that just oh just don't make any sense <laughs> That was part four. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, part five is coming very, very soon. It is the last part. Uh, this conversation didn't run until the end of the world. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, YouTube, on SoundCloud. And until then, stay sharp, stay motivated. Peace out. <laughs>